Chapter forty eight B of the Golden Bough. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For further information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Golden Bough by Sir James Fraser. Chapter forty eight B. The Corn Spirit as an Animal. 7. The Corn Spirit as a Bull, Cow, or Ox Another form which the Corn Spirit often assumes is that of a Bull, Cow, or Ox. When the wind sweeps over the corn, they say at Konitz, in West Prussia, the steer is running in the corn. When the corn is thick and strong in one spot, they say, in some parts of East Prussia, the Bull is lying in the corn. When a harvester has overstrained and lamed himself, they say in the Graudenz district of West Prussia, the bull pushed him. In Lorraine they say, he has the bull. The meaning of both expressions is that he has unwittingly lighted upon the divine corn spirit, who has punished the profane intruder with lameness. So near Chambéry, when a reaper wounds himself with his sickle, it is said that he has the wound of the ox. In the district of Bunzlau, Silesia, the last sheaf is sometimes made into the shape of a horned ox, stuffed with tow and wrapped in corn ears. This figure is called the old man. In some parts of Bohemia, the last sheaf is made up in human form and called the buffalo bull. These cases show a confusion of the human with the animal shape of the corn spirit. The confusion is like that of killing a weather under the name of a wolf. All over Swabia, the last bundle of corn on the field is called the cow. The man who cuts the last ears has the cow, and is himself called cow, or barley cow, or oats cow, according to the crop. At the harvest supper he gets a nosegay of flowers and corn ears, and a more liberal allowance of drink than the rest. But he is teased and laughed at, so no one likes to be the cow. The cow was sometimes represented by the figure of a woman made out of ears of corn and cornflowers. It was carried to the farmhouse by the man who had cut the last handful of corn. The children ran after him, and the neighbours turned out to laugh at him, till the farmer took the cow from him. Here again the confusion between the human and the animal form of the corn spirit is apparent. In various parts of Switzerland, the reaper who cuts the last ears of corn is called wheat cow, corn cow, oats cow, or corn steer, and is the butt of many a joke. On the other hand, in the district of Rosenheim, Upper Bavaria, when a farmer is later of getting in his harvest than his neighbours, they set up on his land a straw bull, as it is called. This is a gigantic figure of a bull made of stubble on a framework of wood and adorned with flowers and leaves. Attached to it is a label on which are scrawled doggerel verses in ridicule of the man on whose land the straw bull is set up. Again, the corn spirit in the form of a bull or ox is killed on the harvest field at the close of the reaping. At Puyi, near Dijon, when the last ears of corn are about to be cut, an ox, adorned with ribbons, flowers, and ears of corn, is led all round the field, followed by the whole troop of reapers dancing. 
Then a man disguised as the devil cuts the last ears of corn and immediately slaughters the ox. Part of the flesh of the animal is eaten at the harvest supper, part is pickled and kept till the first day of sowing in spring. At Pont-à-Mousson and elsewhere, on the evening of the last day of reaping, a calf adorned with flowers and ears of corn is led thrice round the farmyard, being allured by a bait or driven by men with sticks, or conducted by the farmer's wife with a rope. The calf chosen for this ceremony is the calf which was born first on the farm in the spring of the year. It is followed by all the reapers with their tools. Then it is allowed to run free. The reapers chase it, and whoever catches it is called king of the calf. Lastly, it is solemnly killed. At Luneville, the man who acts as butcher is the Jewish merchant of the village. Sometimes again the corn-spirit hides himself amongst the cut corn in the barn, to reappear in bull or cow form at threshing. Thus at Wurmlingen in Thuringen, the man who gives the last stroke at threshing is called the cow, or rather the barley cow, oats cow, peas cow, or the like, according to the crop. He is entirely enveloped in straw. His head is surmounted by sticks in imitation of horns, and two lads lead him by ropes to the well to drink. On the way thither he must low like a cow, and for a long time afterwards he goes by the name of the cow. At Obermedlingen, in Swabia, when the threshing draws near an end, each man is careful to avoid giving the last stroke. He who does give it gets the cow, which is a straw figure dressed in an old ragged petticoat, hood and stockings. It is tied on his back with a straw rope. His face is blackened, and being bound with straw ropes to a wheelbarrow, he is wheeled round the village. Here again we meet with that confusion between the human and animal shape of the corn spirit, which we have noted in other customs. In Canton Schaffhausen, the man who threshes the last corn is called the cow. In Canton Thurgau, the corn bull. In Canton Zürich, the thresher cow. In the last mentioned district, he is wrapped in straw and bound to one of the trees in the orchard. At Arad, in Hungary, the man who gives the last stroke at threshing is enveloped in straw and a cow's hide with horns attached to it. At Pesnitz, in the district of Dresden, the man who gives the last stroke with the flail is called bull. He must make a straw man and set it up before a neighbour's window. Here, apparently, as in so many cases, the corn spirit is passed on to a neighbour who has not finished threshing. So at Herbrechtingen, in Thuringen, the effigy of a ragged old woman is flung into the barn of the farmer who is last with his threshing. The man who throws it in cries, There's the cow for you! If the threshers catch him, they detain him overnight, and punish him by keeping him from the harvest supper. In these latter customs, the confusion between the human and the animal shape of the corn-spirit meets us again. Further, the corn-spirit in bull-form is sometimes believed to be killed at threshing. At Auxerre, in threshing the last bundle of corn, they call out twelve times, We are killing the bull! In the neighbourhood of Bordeaux, where a butcher kills an ox on the field immediately after the close of the reaping, it is said of the man who gives the last stroke at threshing that he has killed the bull. 
At Chambéry, the last sheaf is called the sheaf of the young ox, and a race takes place to it in which all the reapers join. When the last stroke is given at threshing, they say that the ox is killed, and immediately thereupon a real ox is slaughtered by the reaper who cut the last corn. The flesh of the ox is eaten by the threshers at supper. We have seen that sometimes the young corn spirit, whose task it is to quicken the corn of the coming year, is believed to be born as a corn baby on the harvest field. Similarly, in Berry, the young corn spirit is sometimes supposed to be born on the field in calf form, for when a binder has not rope enough to bind all the corn in sheaves, he puts aside the wheat that remains over, and imitates the lowing of a cow. The meaning is that the sheaf has given birth to a calf. In Puy de Dome, when a binder cannot keep up with the reaper whom he or she follows, they say, he or she is giving birth to the calf. In some parts of Prussia, in similar circumstances, they call out to the woman, the bull is coming, and imitate the bellowing of a bull. In these cases, the woman is conceived as the corn cow or old corn spirit, while the supposed calf is the corn calf or young corn spirit. In some parts of Austria, a mythical calf, Mühkelbchen, is believed to be seen amongst the sprouting corn in spring and to push the children. When the corn waves in the wind, they say, the calf is going about. Clearly, as Manhart observes, this calf of the springtime is the same animal which is afterwards believed to be killed at reaping. 8. The Corn Spirit as a Horse or Mare Sometimes the corn spirit appears in the shape of a horse or mare. Between Kalev and Stuttgart, when the corn bends before the wind, they say, There runs the horse! At Bollingen, near Radolfzell in Baden, the last sheaf of oats is called the oats stallion. In Hertfordshire, at the end of reaping, there is, or used to be observed, a ceremony called crying the mare. The last blades of corn left standing on the field are tied together and called the mare. The reapers stand at a distance and throw their sickles at it. He who cuts it through has the prize with acclamations and good cheer. After it is cut, the reapers cry thrice with a loud voice, I have her! Others answer thrice, What have you? A mare, a mare, a mare. Whose is she? Is next asked thrice. A bees, naming the owner thrice. Whither will you send her? To C D, naming some neighbour who has not reaped all his corn. In this custom, the corn spirit in the form of a mare is passed on from a farm where the corn is all cut to another farm where it is still standing, and where, therefore, the corn spirit may be supposed, naturally, to take refuge. In Shropshire the custom is similar. The farmer who finishes his harvest last, and who therefore cannot send the mare to anyone else, is said to keep her all winter. The mocking offer of the mare to a laggard neighbour was sometimes responded to by a mocking acceptance of her help. Thus an old man told an inquirer, While we went at supper, a man come with a altar to fetch her away. At one place a real mare used to be sent, but the man who rode her was subjected to some rough treatment at the farmhouse, to which he paid his unwelcome visit. 
In the neighbourhood of Lille, the idea of the corn spirit in horse form is clearly preserved. When a harvester grows weary at his work, it is said, he has the fatigue of the horse. The first sheaf, called the cross of the horse, is placed on a cross of boxwood in the barn, and the youngest horse on the farm must tread on it. The reapers dance round the last blades of corn, crying, See the remains of the horse! The sheaf made out of these last blades is given to the youngest horse of the parish, commune, to eat. This youngest horse of the parish clearly represents, as Manhart says, the corn spirit of the following year, the corn foal, which absorbs the spirit of the old corn horse by eating the last corn cut, for, as usual, the old corn spirit takes his final refuge in the last sheaf. The thresher of the last sheaf is said to beat the horse. 9. The corn spirit as a pig, boar or sow. The last animal embodiment of the corn spirit which we shall notice is the pig, boar or sow. In Thuringen, when the wind sets the young corn in motion, they sometimes say, the boar is rushing through the corn. Among the Estonians of the island of Ursel, the last sheaf is called the rye boar, and the man who gets it is saluted with a cry of, You have the rye boar on your back. In reply he strikes up a song in which he prays for plenty. At Kohlewinkel, near Augsburg, at the close of the harvest, the last bunch of standing corn is cut down, stalk by stalk, by all the reapers in turn. He who cuts the last stalk gets the sow, and is laughed at. In other Swabian villages also, the man who cuts the last corn has the sow, or has the rye sow. At Boningen, near Radolfzell in Baden, the last sheaf is called the rye sow, or the wheat sow, according to the crop. And at Röhrenbach in Baden, the person who brings the last armful for the last sheaf is called the corn sow, or the oats sow. At Fredingen in Swabia, the thresher who gives the last stroke is called sow, barley sow, corn sow, or the like, according to the crop. At Onst Mettingen, the man who gives the last stroke at threshing has the sow. He is often bound up in a sheaf and dragged by a rope along the ground. And generally, in Swabia, the man who gives the last stroke with the flail is called sow. He may, however, rid himself of this invidious distinction by passing on to a neighbour the straw rope, which is the badge of his position as sow. So he goes to a house and throws the straw rope into it, crying, There, I bring you the sow. All the inmates give chase, and if they catch him, they beat him, shut him up for several hours in the pigsty, and oblige him to take the sow away again. In various parts of Upper Bavaria, the man who gives the last stroke at threshing must carry the pig, that is, either a straw effigy of a pig, or merely a bundle of straw ropes. This he carries to a neighbouring farm where the threshing is not finished, and throws it into the barn. If the threshers catch him, they handle him roughly, beating him, blackening or dirtying his face, throwing him into filth, binding the sow on his back, and so on. If the bearer of the sow is a woman, they cut off her hair. At the harvest supper or dinner, the man who carried the pig gets one or more dumplings made in the form of pigs. When the dumplings are served up by the maidservant, 
all the people at table cry, Suze, 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 that being the cry used in calling pigs. Sometimes after dinner the man who carried the pig has his face blackened, and is set on a cart and drawn round the village by his fellows, followed by a crowd crying, Suze, 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 as if they were calling swine. Sometimes, after being wheeled round the village, he is flung on the dunghill. Again, the corn spirit in the form of a pig plays his part at sowing time as well as at harvest. At Neuauts in Courland, when barley is sown for the first time in the year, the farmer's wife boils the chine of a pig along with the tail and brings it to the sower on the field. He eats of it, but cuts off the tail and sticks it in the field. It is believed that the ears of corn will then grow as long as the tail. Here the pig is the corn spirit, whose fertilising power is sometimes supposed to lie especially in his tail. As a pig he is put in the ground at sowing time, and as a pig he reappears amongst the ripe corn at harvest. For amongst the neighbouring Estonians, as we have seen, the last sheaf is called the rye boar. Sometimes similar customs are observed in Germany. In the Salza district, near Meiningen, a certain bone in the pig is called the Jew on the winnowing fan. The flesh of this bone is boiled on Shrove Tuesday, but the bone is put amongst the ashes which the neighbours exchange as presents on St. Peter's Day, the 22nd of February, and then mix with the seed corn. In the whole of Hesse, Meiningen, and other districts, people eat pea soup with dried pig ribs on Ash Wednesday or Candlemas. The ribs are then collected and hung in the room till sowing time, when they are inserted in the sown field, or in the seed bag amongst the flax seed. This is thought to be an infallible specific against earth fleas and moles, and to cause the flax to grow well and tall. But the idea of the corn spirit, as embodied in pig form, is nowhere more clearly expressed than in the Scandinavian custom of the Yule boar. In Sweden and Denmark, at Yule, Christmas, it is the custom to bake a loaf in the form of a boar pig. This is called the Yule boar. The corn of the last sheaf is often used to make it. All through Yule, the Yule boar stands on the table. Often it is kept till the sowing time in spring, when part of it is mixed with the seed corn, and part given to the ploughmen and plough-horses, or plough-oxen, to eat, in the expectation of a good harvest. In this custom the corn-spirit, imminent in the last sheaf, appears at midwinter in the form of a boar made from the corn of the last sheaf, and his quickening influence on the corn is shown by mixing part of the yule boar with the seed corn, and giving part of it to the ploughman and his cattle to eat. Similarly, we saw that the corn wolf makes his appearance at midwinter, the time when the year begins to verge towards spring. Formerly, a real boar was sacrificed at Christmas, and apparently also a man in the character of the yule boar. This, at least, may perhaps be inferred from a Christmas custom still observed in Sweden. A man is wrapped up in a skin and carries a wisp of straw in his mouth, so that the projecting straws look like the bristles of a boar. A knife is brought, and an old woman, with her face blackened, pretends to sacrifice him. On Christmas Eve, in some parts of the Estonian island of Ursel, they bake a long cake with the two ends turned up. 
It is called the Christmas boar, and stands on the table till the morning of New Year's Day, when it is distributed among the cattle. In other parts of the island the Christmas boar is not a cake, but a little pig born in March, which the housewife fattens secretly, often without the knowledge of the other members of the family. On Christmas Eve the little pig is secretly killed, then roasted in the oven, and set on the table standing on all fours, where it remains in this posture for several days. In other parts of the island, again, though the Christmas cake has neither the name nor the shape of a boar, it is kept till the new year, when half of it is divided among all the members and all the quadrupeds of the family. The other half of the cake is kept till sowing time comes round, when it is similarly distributed in the morning among human beings and beasts. In other parts of Estonia, again, the Christmas boar, as it is called, is baked of the first rye cut at harvest. It has a conical shape, and a cross is impressed on it with a pig's bone or a key, or three dints are made in it with a buckle or a piece of charcoal. It stands with a light beside it on the table all through the festal season. On New Year's Day and Epiphany, before sunrise, a little of the cake is crumbled with salt and given to the cattle. The rest is kept till the day when the cattle are driven out to pasture for the first time in spring. It is then put in the herdsman's bag, and at evening is divided among the cattle to guard them from magic and harm. In some places the Christmas boar is partaken of by farm servants and cattle at the time of the barley sowing, for the purpose of thereby producing a heavier crop. 10. On the Animal Embodiments of the Corn Spirit So much for the animal embodiments of the corn spirit as they are presented to us in the folk customs of northern Europe. These customs bring out clearly the sacramental character of the harvest supper. The corn spirit is conceived as embodied in an animal. This divine animal is slain, and its flesh and blood are partaken of by the harvesters. Thus the cock, the hare, the cat, the goat, and the ox are eaten sacramentally by the harvesters, and the pig is eaten sacramentally by ploughmen in spring. Again, as a substitute for the real flesh of the divine being, bread or dumplings are made in his image and eaten sacramentally. Thus pig-shaped dumplings are eaten by the harvesters, and loaves made in boar shape, the yule boar, are eaten in spring by the ploughman and his cattle. The reader has probably remarked the complete parallelism between the conceptions of the corn spirit in human and in animal form. The parallel may be here briefly resumed. When the corn waves in the wind, it is said either that the corn mother, or that the corn wolf, etc., is passing through the corn. Children are warned against straying in cornfields, either because the corn mother, or because the corn wolf, etc., is there. In the last corn cut, or the last sheaf threshed, either the corn mother, or the corn wolf, etc., is supposed to be present. The last sheaf is itself called either the corn mother, or the corn-wolf, etc., and is made up in the shape either of a woman or of a wolf, etc. The person who cuts, binds, or threshes the last sheaf is called either the old woman or the wolf, etc., according to the name bestowed on the sheaf itself. 
as in some places a sheaf made in human form and called the maiden, the mother of the maize, etc., is kept from one harvest to the next in order to secure a continuance of the corn spirit's blessing, so in some places the harvest cock, and in others the flesh of the goat, is kept for a similar purpose from one harvest to the next. As in some places the grain taken from the corn mother is mixed with the seed corn in spring to make the crop abundant, so in some places the feathers of the cock, and in Sweden the yule boar, are kept till spring and mixed with the seed corn for a like purpose. As part of the corn mother or maiden is given to the cattle at Christmas or to the horses at the first ploughing, so part of the yule boar is given to the ploughing horses or oxen in spring. Lastly, the death of the corn spirit is represented by killing or pretending to kill either his human or his animal representative, and the worshippers partake sacramentally either of the actual body and blood of the representative of the divinity or of bread made in his likeness. Other animal forms assumed by the corn spirit are the fox, stag, roe, sheep, bear, ass, mouse, quail, stork, swan, and kite. If it is asked why the corn spirit should be thought to appear in the form of an animal, or of so many different animals, we may reply that to primitive man the simple appearance of an animal or bird among the corn is probably enough to suggest a mysterious link between the creature and the corn. And when we remember that in the old days, before fields were fenced in, all kinds of animals must have been free to roam over them, we need not wonder that the corn spirit should have been identified even with large animals like the horse and cow, which nowadays could not, except by a rare accident, be found straying in an English cornfield. This explanation applies with peculiar force to the very common case in which the animal embodiment of the corn spirit is believed to lurk in the last standing corn. For at harvest a number of wild animals, such as hares, rabbits and partridges, are commonly driven by the progress of the reaping into the last patch of standing corn, and make their escape from it as it is being cut down. So regularly does this happen, that reapers and others often stand round the last patch of corn, armed with sticks or guns, with which they kill the animals as they dart out of their last refuge among the stalks. Now, primitive man, to whom magical changes of shape seem perfectly credible, finds it most natural that the spirit of the corn, driven from his home in the ripe grain, should make his escape in the form of the animal, which is seen to rush out of the last patch of corn, as it falls under the scythe of the reaper. Thus the identification of the corn spirit with an animal is analogous to the identification of him with a passing stranger. As the sudden appearance of a stranger near the harvest field or threshing floor is, to the primitive mind, enough to identify him as the spirit of the corn, escaping from the cut or threshed corn, so the sudden appearance of an animal issuing from the cut corn is enough to identify it with the corn spirit escaping from his ruined home. The two identifications are so analogous that they can hardly be dissociated in any attempt to explain them. 
those who look to some other principle than the one here suggested for the explanation of the latter identification are bound to show that their theory covers the former identification also. End of chapter 48b